Good morning, everyone. It is a privilege to be here. And I apologize for my wife and my children not being able to be here. Uh, they arrived in Japan safely several hours ago. And it's midnight over there, and they're resting. They're sleeping right now. We are serving as missionaries from the northwest of Japan, rural side of Japan. It is considered the most difficult place to be a missionary. The, there's the least number of Christians in that part of Japan than anywhere else in the country. We get a lot of snow. <laughs> About 23 meters of snow. And this is a picture from one hour away from our house. So it's on the top of the mountain, but we get about 23 meters of snow in this area. Pray for us. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> and we have a beautiful scenery. This is another photo from an hour away from us. A beautiful World Heritage Site where people still live in. So we have a lot of farmers and fishermen in the area that we live in. And people who are lost and need a savior. I want to take this opportunity to be able to share from God's word. These are verses that God used in our life to convict us that we need to go back to Japan. Seven years ago, I was pastoring a church in Vancouver, Canada. We were living, living a very easy life, comfortable life, and God started to convict us. Then he said to the disciples, these are words of Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are so few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest field. And that was what I was praying for. And then God convicted us, we, it's me, I need to go to Japan. I know the language. I, I know the culture. Who would go if I don't go? The pastors in Japan are aging very fast Average age of the pastor is said to be about 70 years old. I need to go. So God convicted our family to go back to Japan, my wife and I, and we only had two children at that time. And we had a great expectation. John chapter 4, verse 35, and these are the verses that we're looking at today. It says, Do you not say they are yet four months then comes the harvest. Don't say, wait, right? God says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the field is white unto harvest. So when the harvest field is ready to be reaped, it turns white, okay? So we know it is ready to be reaped. Bring in, bring in the harvest. Bring in the fruit. We have this expectation. We arrived in Japan, two children, and we were looking out to the millions of people, about 120 million people. In Japan, when we bring all the islands together, it's about the state of California, but 80% is mountain, right? 12% farmland. So imagine, 8% of California, 120 million people crammed together, right? That's the country of Japan. God, I'm looking forward to seeing a great harvest, right? We're here. You have called us here as laborers. We're here. But you know what? It has not been easy. 
Well, six months later, there was the difficulty with Noah, and we've been faithful in sharing the gospel seed, but we've seen very few people come to know the Lord. I mean, this is the average number of baptisms in Japan per church. Ten in 1950s, 1970s, only two? How many baptisms do you get in this church in one year, right? 2014, 0.8, less than one person. This is statistics from OMF, that's the mission board. So we have seen few. Some missionaries see nobody come to know the Lord in 20 years or 30 years of their ministry. But we have these promises in God's word. God says the harvest is white, right? But the laborers are few. So I'm going to read from Gospel of John today and look at how does God bring this harvest. What is our responsibility in this harvest field that God has put us? How are we able to see this harvest of people coming to know Jesus as their Savior? And I believe these verses give us some insight into that so we can see some fruit, right, from the labor, from the planting of the gospel seed. God has called us, all of us here, to be sowers of God's word, right? The sower of the gospel seed. And how does God bring the harvest? So today we're looking at John chapter 4 in these verses. There's a field white unto harvest. Let me first summarize, because of my limited time that we have, I'm going to first summarize the first few verses. Many of you are familiar with these verses of the woman at the well. Jesus is at the Jordan River, and he travels. He doesn't have to go through Samaria, but it says he must, he had to go through it. And we know very quickly as we read through these verses, this is the reason why. Because there is a harvest, there is a field white unto harvest in this area. And it begins from this one lady. And it is a lady who is looked down upon, right? An outcast in society. Jesus chooses this time, one of the hottest times during the day, goes to this well. And Jesus knows, right? People who come to gather water during this very hot period of time, they're avoiding people. You know, for some reason. Jesus is there waiting, and comes this woman, Samaritan woman, and Jesus begins this conversation. Now, the first thing that we can learn from these verses, the love of Jesus and the compassion Jesus has for people, and this is what we need to have as well. Let's read this verse, verse 14. But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. Jesus begins this conversation with physical things, right? Daily conversation, and then brings a conversation to spiritual things. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Now, Jesus loves everyone here. He loves us so much 
that he doesn't end his conversation with just physical matter, but spiritual matter. When we love people, love people around us, right? It is good to talk about the weather, how you're doing, or how's your job, but we need to go to the most important thing in life. That is, how are we doing spiritually? How are we doing in our relationship with God? What are we learning in our devotions? Now, these are the conversations that we should be making in our daily life. This is a good reminder to us. Jesus knew this lady needed salvation. This lady here needs the Messiah. So Jesus brings a conversation to spiritual water, right? This lady needs spiritual water, right? We drink water, we'll thirst again. But if we could have this spiritual water, it gives us everlasting life, right? This is what God is able to do for all of us here today. If we would believe in Jesus as our personal Savior, He died on the cross for your sin. And Jesus is there knocking at your door of your heart. If you would only accept and believe Him, Turn away from your sin, right? You experience this. You know, spring of water, they'll never end. So this is the conversation Jesus has with this lady. And this is the kind of conversation we should be having in our home, in our family, with our family. I encourage you fathers to have this conversation with your children, maybe with your grandchildren. In our home, every meal, we try to read a Bible. You know, after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, an opportunity to be able to talk about Jesus, to have a conversation about spiritual things. We read the Bible and then we pray together. What a great privilege we have to be able to share this spiritual truth with those who we love the most. What are we doing in our homes? You know, the gospel should be the center. The most important thing in our life we teach that, you know, by reading the Word, teaching the Word with those who we love. Let me go to John chapter 4, verse 28 and 29. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ We can learn a spiritual truth from here. A way we can be a good witness for Christ is to have a real encounter with Jesus, our Savior, our best friend, our shepherd. Let me keep on reading. John chapter 4, from verse 31 to verse 35 now. After Jesus had this opportunity, with just one lady. And we have a long dialogue here, right? Don't think it is a waste of time to speak and to love that one person. That person may be so far from the Lord. Remember the woman at the well had five husbands and now living with a different man in great darkness. But Jesus makes time for her, sits down with her, have this very lengthy conversation, one of the longest conversations recorded in the gospel, and gives the truth. 
And she has this wonderful testimony. She meets the Messiah. It goes to her town and speaks to others. Now, what happens after this? Chapter 4, verse 31. In the meanwhile, right, so right after this, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, you need to eat, right? The disciples are focused on something else, right? Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought Jesus something to eat? They're concerned about the physical needs of Jesus. And that's okay, but that's not the only concern we should have. Verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, the will of God the Father, to accomplish God's work, to do the will of God. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for a harvest. So this is the context. I explained earlier, here's a you know, picture of the wheat when it's ready to be harvested. looks almost white. Now, what did Jesus mean uh, by these words, the field is already white unto harvest? Because Jesus says there's still four more months, right? It's four more months before, before the harvest. So the sower's just planted a seed. It is still growing. It's not ready. So I believe Jesus is looking at the group of people. Remember, the woman at the well went to her village, told other people about Jesus. And you have this crowds of people, right, who heard the gospel coming back to meet Jesus. They want to meet Jesus. They want to hear from Jesus. And they're coming. And when I read this commentary, it talks about the historical background at that time. The people in Samaria, their work clothes were white. Right? So these people heard this woman at the well talk about Jesus. They were so excited, they left. Right? They left their workplace. Now, are you allowed to do that? Leave your workplace in the middle? And they come to see Jesus. So Jesus, I believe Jesus is seeing this group of people who are wearing this white clothing, and they're coming. And this is what Jesus is talking about. There's some things we can learn from this. God can save anyone. God can save anyone in no time. I shared earlier, now we have been planting the gospel seed, and sometimes it takes now, some people in our church have been coming to church for about 18 years, and they have not yet put faith in Christ for their salvation, and have not been baptized yet. So we have people like that. People have been coming to church five years, 10 years, 18 years. And recently, several uh, months ago, there was a high school student after she's been coming to church since because of Awana Club, and then finally, after many years, she accepted the Lord and got baptized. And that's common in Japan. But sometimes we have different people ready to believe right away. So here's an example of a young man. He came to our church, um, to the evening service. 
he heard the preaching of the Word of God, and he said, okay, I want to do a Bible study. And in my back of my mind, I think, okay, this guy's going to take maybe several years to believe in Jesus. But you know what? After several, multiple Bible studies, it was about four months later, he believed Jesus as his personal Savior. You know? So we don't know. We can't judge from the outside, okay, this person may take, oh, so many years, right? No, sometimes God is working, and God calls that person, and they repent and believe right away. Now, what can we do to see the harvest of souls? There are some things that we can learn from this passage, right? First one, from chapter 4, verse 32, Jesus was concerned about doing the will of God and finishing God's work. Doing the will of God. He says unto the disciples, my meat, right, is to do the will of God that sent me and to finish his work, to do God's work. What has God called you to do? God has given you a, a gift, a spiritual gift. God wants you to use that spiritual gift for his kingdom work, to do God's work. And when we are doing God's work, God is going to bring a harvest, right? Reaping according to his perfect timing. Let me give you some examples of what we've experienced in Japan. Well, Jesus begins with this lady that usually, you know, other Jews would avoid, right, and look down upon. But Jesus poured out his love on this one person. And from this one person, that conversation, that conversation, you have this multitude of people coming to Jesus. Several years ago, there's this fighter, right, a boxer, and he's trained a world champion boxer. Okay. People would usually avoid him. And he accepted Jesus as his savior a few years ago. I had an opportunity to meet him, and he contacted me and said, Tuck, I want to begin a Bible study in my gym. Okay, that's great. Let's do it, right? So when someone comes to know the Lord and experiences who Jesus is, his love, his, his amazing grace, they want to share this truth with others, like the woman at the well. So this fighter also did it in his gym. He owns two gyms, and I got Bibles for all his staff members. He said, let's begin a Bible study. And it's exciting. Now they read the Bible almost on a daily basis, right? Bible studies are happening when the gym owner is there every day. When the gym owner is there every day, every day, there is a Bible study happening. Now, I spoke with the owner. Where do you want to go next? I want my whole, my gym members to come to know Jesus. Amen. Let's do that. We started Bible studies with the gym members. Now, we don't advertise it because, you know, it's going to close down, right? The gym members will leave. So we do it quietly, one at a time, one at a time, investing our life, our time into these people. And we have some of these young adults. I think these are middle school students. 
accepted Jesus as their Savior as well. And they're doing Bible studies in the staff room. And it's exciting. Now, God wants us to do His will, to do God's work. Now, that's what we need to be consumed about. And that is the best place to be. That is the greatest happiness and satisfaction when you are serving the Lord, making an impact for eternity, right? Now, what is the will of God? Now, that's a good question. God wants us to be sowers and reapers, right? God wants us to be fishers of men, right? So we find here in these verses, he that reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reapers, we have people who sow the gospel seed, that's all of us. God has given us opportunity to be witnesses for Christ, right? Sowers of the gospel seed and reap so we may rejoice together. There is great joy, everyone, when we are doing God's work, God's will, sowing the seed, and some of us, we will reap right away because there are many people who have watered that plant or planted the seed, right, or gave the sunlight. So in Japan, uh, there are many different ways we are giving the gospel seed. So here's some examples. I'll go through them quickly. When we hand out the gospel tracts, 400,000 gospel tracts during the Tokyo Olympic. Um, investing in people, like Jesus did. Sitting down with people, having a conversation. So these are some people, uh, our neighbors, the children, and they're coming to church now, regularly. Um, radio ministry. So we have about 10 churches. We come together and we invest funds to do our radio ministry in our prefecture. Um, website, you know, YouTube. These are great opportunities, uh, great tools that we can use to spread the gospel to as many people as possible. Because from the outside, we don't know. You know, some people are hard, rocky, thorny hearts, but some have this heart that God has tilled and prepared, good soil, ready to believe. Um, opportunities like this where we invite an athlete. She is a bronze medalist. Uh, at Sydney Olympic Games, a Taekwondo, and, you know, we've had her share the gospel uh, in many different places. Uh, sports festival outreach, we had about 600 people here. And then opportunities God has given us to go into different public elementary schools to give the gospel. And then, uh, someone shared earlier, we started a Christian school because we want the children when they have these tender hearts, to give them the gospel and disciple them and train more disciples for Christ. And Lord willing, we'll like to see a Bible college after this. And this is uh, the board of directors. We came together and started this uh, Christian school and uh, organization so we can start many different ministries. Care home ministry, uh, feeding program for the poor, and we want to do a Bible college in the future. And we build a relationship with the, like, leaders and the government. So the building in the back of the picture, that's our prefecture, like, government building. And they asked, oh, please do this sports festival at our, our property. I said, okay, absolutely. We did it. Now, let me go, on to, go to John chapter 4, verse 38. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored. 
and you have entered into their labor. You know, when we're in Japan, most people we meet have never heard the, the name of Jesus or heard the full gospel presentation. Let me show you this. Only 0.2% of the people in Japan regularly attend church, and 95% of the people in Japan have never heard the gospel. Shocking numbers. Shocking numbers. So most people we meet have never heard. So what are we doing now? Um, we are training the people, helping people to be witnesses, sores, right? Sores of the gospel seed. And there is so much joy when we're doing this. Let me look at John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Jesus found this lady who was in a very difficult situation, hopelessness. And Jesus found this well where those people will gather and met, met that woman at the well. And I want to ask all of us here today, uh, do you know someone who's going through great difficulties and hopelessness? Do you know a well, you know, a well near you where this person is? It might be your workplace. It might be your school. It might be a library. It might be the park, somewhere where you can meet new people and begin this conversation to show them the love of Jesus so that these people come to know him. Let me give you some examples of what has happened. Um, this man here is a Chinese brother, came to our church, accepted Jesus as his savior, and he wanted to share this love with other people, especially his family. But his family is living in China. What should I do? I encouraged him, do an online Bible study. So, you know, so I trained him to be able to lead a Bible study. And now he's leading Bible studies with people in China. And these people are coming to know Jesus. So I think, I believe his parents, because of him, accepted Jesus as his Savior. So these are things that are happening. You know, finding people, this man, medical doctor, in hopelessness, right? He had money, but he was so empty. He needed Jesus. Experienced salvation and wanted to share this with those people who he loves in China, internet, right? Do Bible studies. Here's another example. Um, we've taught our daughter, you know, you need to be the soul of God's word in your public school. Nami, our daughter, goes to public school and she's burdened for her teacher. Okay, Naomi, invite her to come to church. And Naomi, at the age of six, invited her to come to church and heard the gospel. But it's not that easy, right? A lot of people in Japan are very hard, rocky, you know, thorny soil in their heart. It took this lady six years. <laughs> After six years, you know, with a Bible study with multiple people. Different people planted the seed, different people watered, and finally she accepted Jesus and was baptized about two months ago. So she came to our Christian bookstore. We have a Christian bookstore at our church, the only Christian bookstore in the northwest of Japan, and she bought a Bible there. So as a result of this lady, right, woman at the well, she goes to the town, tells people about Jesus, and they 
came, they came to Jesus, right? With their white robes. And when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Wow, what a loving Savior. Jesus is busy, right? On the road, he has places to go, important people to minister to, important people to disciple. But he says, no, I'm going to stay here. Two days, 48 hours. Do we do that for those around us who needs the truth? Jesus does. And as a result of this, many more believed because of his word, the words of Jesus. But here's another key. When we want to see a great harvest of souls, we need to be using the word of God. That's the most powerful. That's what the Holy Spirit will use to convict us of our sins, right? Convict us that we need a Savior. And this is what we need to be doing. Let me share one last story. After we arrived in Japan, Sarah, my wife, right, that's the picture of my wife and I, we were praying, God, where is a well that we can go to where people will gather, people will not be fearful of Christianity, that we can build a relationship to share the truth. And, it's, and it came to our mind, the library. We went to the library, built a relationship with the librarians, and said, we want to provide an English reading time. Wonderful, it started. We did it, I think, once a month, or every other, uh, maybe twice a month in the beginning. And during that reading time, Amanda comes. She sits right there and listens to the English stories. That time, I, I try to use this reading time for an opportunity to introduce Christianity. So sometimes I have special guest speakers. I had a missionary come that day, and a missionary shared her work in Myanmar. So after the presentation, I said, okay, anyone want to have a more deeper conversation with us and go to lunch? I'll buy you lunch. And usually, Japanese people are really shy. Silence. But this day was different. This lady, Amanda, said, I will go. Okay, Amanda. She comes, and we were able to share the truth with her. And afterwards, I said, Amanda, would you like to do a Bible study to learn about parenting? And then she said, yes, I'll be interested in that. Usually in Japan, you know, people don't know who Jesus is. People have never read the Bible, never seen a Bible before. So we usually start out with a topic that people are familiar with, Bible study on parenting, Bible study on marriage, Bible study on maybe business. People are very interested in Bible studies like that. So she was one of them who came. And after we did several Bible studies on parenting, we approached her and said, Amanda, would you be interested in knowing more about Jesus who taught about this? And she said, yes, I will. We started a gospel study on John. We did a Bible study on the gospel of John every week for about four years. We need to invest our time in people, right? We need to invest in time doing Bible studies with people. And this is what we did. My wife and I invested. There were several other mothers as well. But she was one of them who came to our Bible study faithfully. Uh, you heard earlier we do biblical counseling training. She attended our biblical counseling training as an unbeliever, and she was the first one to finish all the homework. First one out of 160 people. Amazing. God was really working in her heart. And then we found out later, when she started coming to that book reading that we were doing, she was in the pit of almost hell. 
she was going through so much hardship with her husband. She had to separate from him. And she came at the right timing. And she just told us about this about two years ago. But she started coming to church every Sunday. And then, you see that lady um, standing next to her? So she invited her to come to church. So it's amazing. You know, God has brought people into your life as well. And maybe you're still looking for the well where you can go to. God wants to use you. You have amazing gifts that God has given you. Time, the word of God, right? Treasure, life, the living water. Let's pray for opportunities that God has given us to be able to meet these people, to invest our life in them so they can come to know Jesus and then they will go out and tell others about Jesus. You'll see a great harvest. We'll be able to reap the field that is white unto harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are burdened. There are so many who are around us who do not know you yet. Where are these people? Could you please burden us of where we can be, where we can go, or who we can send so that we can reach more people for your kingdom? These people need you. They're in darkness, enslaved to sin. They need freedom. And Jesus is the only one who can provide us. I pray that you will use us, each one of us here. Help us to love those who are around us, to pour out our love on them. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.